Hey there, Ellie Jacobs from Taking Ship here. My co-host Frank Spring and I are still working out the kinks, and like any good team, we're practicing so that our inaugural pod will be as flawless as two amateurs can make it. Episode one will be up and running sometime early next week. In the meantime, we wanted to share a peek behind the curtain so you can hear a little bit of what you have in store, which apparently includes mixed metaphors. In this short clip, you hear us talking about the race for the DNC chair. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, rate us, leave a review. We're also now up on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Please definitely follow us on Twitter at @takingship, and that's ship with a P as in practice. Enjoy this clip and uh, look out for the first episode of Taking Ship coming very, very soon. The race for DNC chair coming to an end in four days. Uh, we had the first dropout late last week uh, when Ray Buckley, uh, chair of the New Hampshire Democratic Party, dropped out and endorsed Keith Ellison, uh, something of a surprise in some circles. Uh, what is your view of the DNC chair race and particularly this this new pack that has uh, that has launched to enforce uh, some kind of democratic uh, values within existing members or their vision of democratic values? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give my view, but I'm really curious on yours as well. I think that um, uh, Mayor Pete from South Bend, Indiana, really is the only sensible choice, uh, short of maybe Jamie Harrison in South Carolina being the only two that I think are reasonable ideas. And I say that primarily um, because I envision Keith Ellison or Tom Perez splitting the party in two um, and that and neither one being able to heal the rift because they are so identified with either corner that they're in. Perez in the Clintonian Obama corner and um, uh, Ellison in the Bernie Sanders, who's still not a registered Democrat, so I don't really understand why his opinion counts for shit, uh, corner of the party. Um, and the two, never the two shall meet, right? Um, and that becomes part of the problem. Meanwhile, uh, going back to Mayor Pete, um, you've got a Rhodes Scholar, Navy vet, um, uh, 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 gay mayor in a Rust Belt city, uh, where Notre Dame, of all things, is located, who just won re-election with like 80% of the fucking vote or something like that. And if the whole issue is, is that uh, uh, Democrats lost because of the Electoral College in Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Let's get somebody who's never been out of the beltway in the last 30 years or get a mayor who's actually doing creating solutions in one of those towns that has been so hardest hit and won with, with massive numbers in his last re-election. But I think, I, you know, to turn it back to you, uh, how do you see it playing out? How do you see if Perez or Ellison wins? How do you see them trying to figure out how to uh, unify the party? Yeah, this, that's the real question. I mean, I think <clears throat> so, you know, full, full disclosure for our listeners, uh, Ellie and I are both members of an organization called the Truman National Security Project. So is Pete Buttigieg, uh, who is running for the mayor of South Bend, running for DNC chair. Um, so also is Gemma Green, who is also running for, uh, for DNC chair as well. And a couple uh, of the vice chairs. And yet, a vice chair candidate in uh, Liz Jaff and uh, Jason Ray, who's running for secretary of the DNC. So, you know, I mean, you, you read into that what you will. I think the reason that I like Pete, I mean, Pete Buttigieg, I think, is he's got some momentum. He's got some out. At least you got, can pronounce his last like, name. I'm still struggling with that. Yeah, this is exactly well. It's yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's I've been I've been practicing that all morning. Uh, <laughs> Pete is a. I mean, he, you know, he's a good guy. He's got. He's a. You know, I think a, has beyond even the the bio that that Ellie just gave. Uh, he's he has a governing philosophy, a sense of what government's role is, a sense of how government has helped him become, you know, a leader and a and a success in his life, which which I think is is really important right now. So he's got a story that makes a lot of sense, and I think. Uh, my only concern, frankly, about him as DNC chair uh, is that you know the, is that as the, as a leader of an institution in that is headquartered in South Bend, he very well might lead the Democratic Party to a record of four and eight. 
which is which is a you know absolutely intolerable end for us. I think we can do better than that. I think we should stir up the echoes. I think you know this is a tradition. I think I think it's I think that would be underperformance for the great history and traditions of the uh, of the Democratic Party. And I am very very concerned about this. But there's probably a joke you made in there about the horse. I think he's also. terrific. That's right. That's what you get, Ellie. <laughs> Your point about Ellison and Paris not being able to unify the party is a really good one. And I think, and I, I don't, and I think the issue here is I don't know that either of those men has permission to be heard by the other side. I don't think Ellison has permission to be heard by the broader kind of small C conservative establishment part of the democratic party, which is still a very large portion of the party. And I don't think Paris has permission to be heard by the Sanders crew uh, who still, who see the DNC, the, you know, a lot of the Obama administration and certainly anyone affiliated with the Clinton campaign uh, or with a Clintonian way of thinking uh, as being the people who rigged the DNC uh, to rig the DN- rig the, uh, 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 the nomination process against, against Bernie. Against, I don't think against the independent trying to hijack the Democratic the Party. To, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of time for that argument. Although I think there's there's a. I, the, I don't have a lot of time for the idea that Bernie would have won the nomination were it not for some kind of DNC machinations. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I don't actually think either of those men, uh, Ellison or Perez, is really deserves the degree of suspicion by which they are greeted on the other side of the party. Yeah, uh, I, I, they, they actually they strike me. I mean, I, they both have the limitations, I'm sure, but they both strike me as, you know, pretty reasonable people who I think probably have uh, the best interest of the party in mind, and I think are more capable than their than their opponents give them credit for being. All of which avails you fucking not. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have permission to be heard, and that's the real tragedy here is that yeah. if either of them yeah. were elected, I think we could lose a lot of time. And both of them are, are set up to fail almost immediately because, you know, 35, 40 percent of the party will write either one of them off immediately. Uh, and we're going to need all of that. So this is, among other things, beyond my own personal commitment to the guy, who, which I think who I think really is the right, right call for the party. I think Pete is the is the obvious choice here. Yeah. Um, but I think more likely than not. You know, the race is not always to the swift. The battle is not always to the strong. Uh, that is the way to bet. Uh, you know, I, I think they're both. Those are both clearly the leaders for a reason. I would say that Paris probably has the shorter track. Uh, but you know, we we live in hope that whatever happens, uh, if you know, if Pete Buttigieg doesn't somehow emerge as the as the you know an unlikely winner, uh, that the party recognizes his talent and what he represents and gives him a role that is that is commensurate with his enormous potential and his enormous talent, yeah. uh, because clearly is the future of the party. Yeah, yeah. I think the idea that that either of the men don't have the ability to be heard by either side, by other either other side of the party, that this is going to be the most important thing for the Democratic Party to kind of figure out in the short term. Um, mostly because, on the one hand, we're dealing with a modified version of the alt centrism in Paris, and on the other hand, we're dealing with the populist. Um, uh, if we legislate it, if we create the legislation, we will somehow convince people to vote for it. And let's just give stuff away. Um, idea of Bernie Sanders and Ralph and Kevin Keith Ellison. I keep mm-hmm. calling him Ralph Ellison, which is unfair. <laughs> we don't want that either. That's what we I keep really we, we must not have Ralph Ellison as chair of the DNC. Yeah, that it. would be a disaster. Yeah, that would be bad. All right, thanks for listening to this little bit of one of our rehearsals. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. And you don't want to miss the wit and wisdom of our Twitter feed, so please follow us at at @takingship, and that's ship with a P as in puzzle. And then keep your eyes out for the first episode coming real soon. Thanks so much.